Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, also known as Spider-Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen-65. I'm Pax. And I'm Abigail. So we actually have a pretty big weekend update for you guys today, and I think the biggest elephant in the room is that there's a new trailer for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, we've gotten a look at um, a lot of new things they're going to be doing with that film and some new stuff with Gwen in it as well. It seems like that they're painting Gwen might be a co-lead rather than just being a supporting character like in the last movie. Yeah, I think um, in the last film it was definitely very centric to Miles and Peter B. But it seems that like Gwen is going to maybe get Peter B's slot because he's in this, but he, he seems to be in a much more reduced role yeah this is still very much miles's movie but i think because of the amount of screen time that gwen's advertised to be in it well that and the fact that Haley steinfeld is billed second and that gwen is listed in the synopsis the official one anyway because it says after reuniting with gwen stacy blah 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 yeah it makes me seem like that gwen might have an equal or at least considerable amount of screen time to miles yeah, I hope so. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is Miles' film. It's um, set to a really cool like conversation. The whole trailer is set to a really cool conversation that he's having with his mum. And it's very nicely written. It's very nice. And also, according to like Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, the movie actually opens up on Gwen's world. Oh, yeah, I think that was leaked, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just, I think her fighting the vulture, which I think in the trailer when Jessica Drew comes in, that's supposed to be the very same vulture that Gwen's fighting. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of including Jessica Drew. We we got a look at um at, at the Jessica Drew they're doing, and it's um yeah, no, it's a very cool design. They're doing the pregnant Jessica thing, and her motorcycle too. Like she's inspired by her uh, Dennis Hallam run outfit. It looks very good. No, I'm really looking forward to it. And we also got some spotlight from a 2099 that's painting him as an antagonistic rival of sorts. Yeah, um, he he like I mean they've said a lot about the spot being the villain, but I think maybe like um, 2099 is going to be like the final fight, perhaps. Or he could be taking a superior Spider-Man's role, just like in the original Spider-Verse. Yeah, it could be like that. I see that vision. Because it could be seamless like that uh, That the team, well, the spider army anyway, would be divided into two factions. Probably one led by Miles and Gwen, and then the other faction is co-led by 2099 and Jess. Because it mentions in uh, an article that Gwen and Jess have a falling out. Yeah, um, which would be interesting. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing like what's going to come out of this. It it looks it looks good. Also, seems like they're doing maybe it's of a different time, but they are still going to have some amount of the ballet flats in it as well. Still, probably maybe just in the beginning of the movie because yeah, she still has her ballet flats, but she doesn't have her pink forearms either. Yeah, she only gets the forearms after she starts wearing her chucks, which. Like, I'm glad that they switched out the uh, ballet flats for the chucks in the movie this time. Yeah, it seems like there's a bit of a time jump going on there then. I think a year has passed since the previous movie. Yeah, something like that. They they, they look older. Everybody looks older. 
well considerable amount of time enough to the point where Gwen's hair has re well half of her hair has a uh, regrown and then you know yes. Miles is taller yeah but yeah anyway Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse releasing June 2nd 2023 looking forward to that um yeah absolutely will be covered on this podcast absolutely yeah first week of June like mark your calendars yeah exciting stuff Next up on the list, um, even though uh, Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones was teased last month, we actually have the official solicit for it, which was released at the time of this recording last week. Okay, yeah. um... And according to the solicit, it says, Ghost Spider's life turns upside down. Ghost Spider comes face to face with some of the deadliest Spider-Man villains, including Doc Ock, Sandman, Vulture, and more. But wait, why do they all look like Gwen? Writer Emily Kim and artist Kay Zama take Gwen down a twisted path as she must stop whoever is cloning her into infamous Marvel villains. I'm excited. I'm more excited about this than I was Gwenverse. Is this mostly because this primarily takes place in Earth 65? I hope I hope to God it does. Like I really do it it really better. Like I don't understand the apprehension to do things on earth 65 i don't know why i don't i don't get it i don't know why they pulled like even miles away from his like i don't it's not necessary to 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 have to pull gwen away from it especially because it is so much of a part of you know her appeal so yeah no i'm i'm hoping for big things well you could say technically in gwenverse it still took place on earth 65 albeit rewritten yeah but are you just hoping um, Jackal isn't the one behind this? Maybe. I hope they sort of resolve that because that's sort of sort of dangling. I hope that there's... I don't know. I hope it isn't actually like genetic clones. I hope that there is like some sort of more... There's a different explanation, you know? Because it's called Shadow Clones, that would imply that maybe there's some sort of magical element to it. Yeah, I see that. Now, she's taking a page from Naruto. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, there's actually um, a technique in Naruto called the uh, Shadow Clone Jutsu, where um, you create clones of yourself, but it's not like illusions or something. They're, they're, those clones are also actual living, breathing people. Wow, nice. That's interesting. But yeah, along with the uh, solicit, we also got, uh, even though we usually don't talk about the variant covers, I think it's pretty notable in this case, because when the covers were first revealed, we got a look at some of the Greg Land covers, which, oh boy. So, like, we've commented on this before, and it happened with Gwenverse. Greg Land did a series of covers a while ago for, like the Spider-Gwen comics, like, during the original Spider-Gwen series, like, it's got sort of Gwen, crouched Gwen, crouched unmasked, like, there's a couple of variants on it, which is fair enough, okay, there's a few versions of the same one, but then he does essentially the same series of covers, just with the outfits of the alternate Gwens from Gwenverse for the Gwenverse series, he does that, right? Yeah. And they look bad. They look bad. For one, they, they don't look great, right? Like, the sl- it's sloppy work. But also, it's copy-pasted from stuff he's done previous. And now, the exact same thing is happening, but with the, the villain Gwens from this new series. 
He's just doing the same piece over and over again. Yeah, he's just slapping on different clothes and hairstyles. Yeah, it's it, I, I despair at it. Like, he's cashing in a paycheck, people are buying it, but he's doing the same art over and over and over again. And, and for what? You know, I just, I, I, I despair. It's very disheartening. At least on the other side of things, even though it's only just uh, the one cover, we, we actually got a first look at the uh, Peach Momoko design for Dr. Octagon. Yeah, that looks interesting. Yeah, based on the uh, design sheets, she also posted it on her uh, Instagram. It seems like that Dr. Octagon is a... Uh, would you say that that looks like a pilot's hat? I think so. She's wearing like overalls and stuff. Yeah, and she has also uh, got a pretty unique uh, hairstyle. It's two like twin pigtails, but like they're uneven. Like one's big, one's small. Yeah, no, I I think it's pretty neat. Neat. I it's a very cool design. It makes me sort of sad that like Peach doesn't really have time to actually do this series herself. And on her face, is that a tattoo under her left eye? Um. Uh, yeah, or bruised. I'm not sure if that's a tattoo, a bruise, or a band-aid, or just war paint. Something like that. Yeah. But it's still pretty unclear whether or not if uh, her tentacles are actually fused to her spine. I imagine it's part of her get-up, you know? It's part of her gear. Because um, they look more mechanical than they look inflatable like lives. Yeah, I, th- I think they're proper mechanical. Like, this is a mechanical Dr. Octopus. I don't think it's, like, organic, like the typical Earth-65 octopus guy so yeah i'm thinking like what's dr octagon's story was she a scientist too i think dr octopus has to be because it's a doctor like a doctor of science so yeah well regardless you know her memories would be implanted anyway yeah i guess we're gonna find out what's going on there yeah and I think also some other variant covers that were, well, released at the time of this recording. They also showed um, Brian Stelfreeze, which is a headshot. Uh, we have another one from Innie Hookley and CF Villa. Yeah, we're getting quite a few new covers, it looks like. And there's also two more uh, that have uh, Elena Casagrande and Bengal credited to it, but they haven't been revealed yet. Not yet, no. But yeah, like March 1st, 2023, that's when Shadow Clones is going to come out. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's going to be, uh, yeah, this looks good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm optimistic. But do you prefer the David Nakayama over Greg Land any day? Uh, David Nakayama doesn't stencil like uh, Greg Land does. So like, just I think, and also like, even though David Nakayama can be like cheesy and some of the work can be like in poor taste, it's always like, it's, it's original work every time like and it's always unique to david nakiyama as well like so he has a sort of unique like even when he's bad like it's like you know putting he's putting in effort you know so i I respect that um yeah that's my thoughts on that yeah i think uh yeah that's pretty much it for this episode's week one update mostly it's because it's about across the spider-verse yeah, no, we, we I think I mean in fairness as week went updates go I feel like this this was a busy one. We we had we had quite a bit to look at here. Yeah. So yeah, I um no, I I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about this this new thing coming out and um I'm looking forward to to more stuff. But um if that's it for the update, like should we jump into this week's read? Yeah, I think that would be good. I think we should do that. Um so we are currently reading uh the 
opening arc of Dan Slott's uh, Spider-Man run. Uh, it's just titled Spider-Man. It's currently where Spider-Gwen is uh, appearing every month. It's the end of the Spider-Verse events, which also sort of provides a sort of sequel to a lot of other books that we've read with Gwen in. Um, it's written, like I said, by Dan Slott. It's got art by Mark Bagley, inks by John Dell, colors by Edgar Delgado. Uh, and what we like to do before we review and uh, go over uh, what we think about a particular issue, we like to do a quick synopsis. So that's what we're going to do now. Uh-huh. So we're just going to start off. So uh, due to Miles' status as a partly Earth-616 spider totem, he is able to resist immediately falling under Shatra's sway from the wasp sting. He convinces the team to portal him out of the sanctuary to go fight against Shatra while he still can, despite Morlin chomping at the bit to kill him outright to prevent them from being found out. Miles leaves with Spider Craven soon after. Peter is determined to bring back Jessica Drew and leaves with Night Spider and Aranya to retrieve an artifact which will let them do this. Morlin decides to split from the group and goes back to 616 to get the dagger that killed Jessica Drew, which erases totems from the web of life and destiny, and thusly reality, believing it can kill Shathra. The rest of the team, Cindy Moon leading the charge, except for Madam Web and Spider UK, follow quickly behind, not wanting Morlin to kill any of the Shathrafied spiders in his quest. The Shatterfied spiders on 616 haven't been given a portal back home yet and mope about worrying that Shatter may have forgotten about them. Morlin arrives and rushes at Spider Noir, the dagger's user, but under Spider Gwen's direction, they fight together and avoid losing any of their team to Morlin's vampiric abilities. Cindy and the other spiders follow closely, but Spinstress is quickly bitten and corrupted by a Shatter wasp. To get the artifact to bring Jessica Drew back, they need to infiltrate an ancient Mesoamerican temple and navigate various booby traps, a job which Night Spider tackles with reckless abandon. They successfully retrieve the artifact, but with Spinstress's knowledge added to her hive, Shathra dispatches much of her forces to stop them there. With Spinstress now fighting against her former teammates, Shatra finally opens up a portal to retrieve Spider-Gwen, Spider-Punk, and Mayday Parker, all under her sway too, out of 616. Morlin thinks himself victorious, still holding a prone Spider-Noir, only to find the dagger's scabbard empty at his side. The Hive still has it. Peter, Night Spider, and Aranya fight desperately against the Horde, but it's not enough once Spider-Gwen joins the fray, fresh from 616, and the dagger in hand. She launches at him, stabs him in the chest, and Peter Parker is erased from the web of life and destiny, unraveling into smoky threads on the spot. That's, uh... Issue number three of Spider-Man. And you know what? I'm feeling a little bit better about it. I, I didn't I didn't hate this issue as much. It's just something about it which just sort of really, I feel like, clicked for me, uh, this issue, you know? No, I think you're having a field day with how the book ended. Well, how the issue ended anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, 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 I hope, right, now... Other people that are not Peter Parker can get a bit of a, bit of a spotlight. I hope that was it. Um, yeah, I really do. Pete allegedly dying at Gwen's hand. I can see the irony in that because back in the Latour run it, through flashbacks, it showed that Lizard Peter, well, at least it was implied that his heart gave out from fighting Gwen and uh, effectively she killed him because uh, she didn't pull her punches. And then this time, 
even though she was under Shatra's sway. She killed Pete by stabbing him through the heart. Yeah, this is t- yeah the, the second Peter Parker that Spider Gwen has killed. But yeah, it's um obviously Shatterified Spider Gwen. Um, but she she talks quite a bit in this one. Obviously, nothing. I think that any of the other Shatterer Spider Wasps couldn't have also said. But I, you know, it was it was nice to see that out of all the Spider Wasps, she is the one who has had the most voice. But would you argue that when she uh, uh fought uh Peter sixty five? if she did it on purpose or not i don't know i mean i i sort of like to think that like there is some of them coming through there but i don't know um maybe cuz she keeps defending herself that uh peter 65's death was an accident i think right i mean the, and the thing is like the the the, very, the the fact is like peter 65's death was an accident i don't think she intended to kill peter parker but she definitely intended to really hurt the lizard even though the lizard wasn't necessarily a threat anymore so and and i don't think you know you can fully get past that yeah. you know oh yeah but oh this time gwen killed peter on purpose even though she w- she's not like uh, conscious about it yeah, no, she's definitely not in control. I don't know if you can, like, hold her to it, but, yeah. And then there's the conspiracy theorist in me that suggests that maybe Gwen is an inside woman after all because of uh, shape-shifting with her symbiote, pretending to be a spider wasp, and then stabbing Peter as part of her plan to uh, uh, get Jess back. Yeah, I, I mean, as much as I would like that, I don't think that that is what they're doing at all, sadly. <laughs> yeah, because it just makes it seem like a rehash of Kindred. Yeah, it does. And like, and the, th- the, the, kin- the Kindred thing is just frustrating because cause this does happen a lot, right, in comic books, right? Villain comes along and fights dude bro favorite character and turns all of this character's allies into like evil puppet versions of themselves. Like, it's a trope and it's 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 really it's a not very good trope at the end of the day i i think it really does have to die because it it often takes the framing of a white guy character having to then fight like the puppet versions of their diverse friend group it's very unfortunate framing um that just sort of yeah i i i think it needs to go i don't i i think they really need to stop making comics like this and and specifically the fact that Within the space of two years, right, they have done this particular trope twice with Spider-Man specifically, and not even like across all Spider-Man comics, this specific 616 Spider-Man. So it's just like, it's just a lot. It's just a lot, you know, and I, I, th- I think it's a bad move. I think it's bad. But uh, I think, um, and you might be uh, more glad about this, that um, at least for the next few like one or two issues that Pete 616 is taken out of commission. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that they could do like cuz cuz also they they did do this during the Kindred issues as well. They had they had him die shockingly, right? Oh no, Pete's dead. Uh and then they cut to like this weird ethereal oh I'm walking in the afterlife having flashbacks sort of issue. And they could do that here. Um but what I do hope is instead that they take a couple of issues break from doing Peter Parker is the chosen one, and and maybe focus a bit on like Aranya or Madame Web or uh, Zarina Zahari because all of those are quite interesting characters who who also aren't shatterified and have quite interesting things to say and do. 
And yet no one wants to listen to them. Remember when the army just left them? Uh, Julia was like, and no one even heard the actual plan to save the Spider-Verse. Yeah, it was really strange. Yeah, they, they they sort of congregated everybody together in that last issue, and then and then they they immediately dispersed them in this one. Like they immediately get all of them out of there, which sort of it made it all feel a bit bit of a waste. And even uh, like Zarina remarked that like to think that anyone would stop and listen to the lady who can see the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I. I just. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where they're going with it, like how they'll resolve it, and I hope they resolve it in a way which is sort of different from the whole like like MacGuffin sort of approach they take, where they just find the one true way of fixing all of the problems and and use it. You know, I hope I hope they avoid doing that. I feel like you know, um, just to advertise another magical MacGuffin, and then it breaks, and then saying, "Oh no, the only way to restore Jess is gone." Yeah. I mean, now that Peter has also been killed in the same manner, it's almost certain that Jess will come back. I don't think that's the end of her. And plus, I I joked that when I saw the cover of Spider-Man number five, it looks like Pete disappearing. I was like, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Or more appropriately, Mr. Slot, I don't feel so good. For real, yeah, no, it it does have that vibe. Um, I actually do quite like that last page of him getting stabbed and like vanishing because they put quite a bit of detail into it. In particular, I think the colorist tried some interesting uh, techniques with the lighting on Pete. Um, I quite enjoyed it. I, I will say Mark Bagley's art has been quite interesting. Like this has been a visually a very consistent and solid series thus far on on the art front, and and Mark Bagley has made. All of it pleasant to read, even though I I don't think the writing has been all there. Um, so yeah, I uh, no, I've I've had a good time with this issue at least. I, I was definitely feeling quite fatigued in those last couple of ones. So I'm I'm hoping for something a bit more, maybe from the mid stuff within this arc. It does seem it's going to go for seven issues. Yeah, because uh, the solicits when they came out advertised uh, well when they. D- uh, do the solicits for their collections which doesn't actually release until like way uh, later in the year um th- they're already advertising the end of spider-verse trade paperback and it said collecting spider-man's number one through seven yeah no that sounds good i'm pleased about that so i'm thinking next issue we, we probably meet the true chosen one maybe or well, hopefully they realize that Having a chosen one fix everything in these kinds of events gets kind of really samey after a bit. They don't need to do it. They can just sort of have everybody... I prefer it when everybody works together and they, and they, they sort of acknowledge each character, you know? And yeah, but regardless, I think we're supposed to meet someone either new or probably a trump card in the next issue because when you see at the, uh, uh, the cover for Spider-Man number four... It looks like that Madam Web is doing a behold gesture like towards the other spiders who are behind her, and then you can see the silhouette of a Spider-Man. Oh boy. Okay, I guess I guess we'll have a chosen one then. I get I uh, maybe uh, I know you floated Peter nine eight two a few times, and I think that's a really good guess. Uh, well, it's because the other has defeated Shatter before when it was bonded to Kane. Because Kane and Peter are the only spiders to have ever defeated Shatter. And Kane's not even in the event. Come on, where's my boy? 
Yeah, um, I think it's really strange that they've they've made it so that the 616 spider totems have an immunity to Shathra's sting, and then they don't use Kane, and Ben Riley is only in the event as a background waspified spider. Well, an alternate Ben Riley anyway. The other Ben Riley that we're used to seeing, he's busy being Chasm in Dark Web. Of course, I've completely forgotten about Chasm. I that I yeah. No one wants um, to remember Chasm. Well, yeah, Eva Chasm st- and, and yet Chasm exists and is ongoing apparently. Um, but like with Kane though and adding to the fact that Niccolo said that we probably might not even see him for the rest of 2023, it's just like that meme of uh, Grant Gustin doing the peace sign over Oliver Queen's grave, only um, Kane is in Oliver's grave, and Nick Lowe is the one doing the peace sign. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's, it's it's really strange to me when the the Spider Office like picks favorites, um, especially in a situation here where they sort of want to have more, you know, sort of fresh things happening. Did you know the last time we've seen Kane was four years ago during Spider Geddon? Well, yeah, what's going on there? Where is he? It's strange. Um, I I don't I don't know why they've chosen to drop that character because he didn't stop being interesting. He's definitely the better clone as well. I despair, you know. Yeah, Kane Parker over Ben Riley any day. Yeah, for real. But yeah, you know, say la vie. Kane will show up when he wants to show up. Mm, this is true. But yeah, with Peter here, how um now even Anya is starting to get really annoyed with him being the chosen one because she's like, I knew we shouldn't have told him about that. Yeah, it's it's weird, and it's weird that they're aware it's a weird framing. Like, I don't I don't know why they've gone with it. I really don't. I don't think Dan Slott wants to do the chosen one framing. I think it just sort of is like, well, it's Spider Verse. I've got to do it. I don't. I really hope they subvert it. You know. And then there's also that, you know, that Madam Webb is technically the one running the circus, but, you know, Peter's just pulling rank on her by saying, oh, I'm the chosen one. If there's a plan that can save Jessica Drew, we should follow it. Absolutely. I, yeah. No, I, I, I like that he's so keen to do that. Like, I'm glad that they're not just glossing past it, um, you know, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm just curious as to what direction they're going to go in now. But yeah, I get that he does want to save Jess, but like, but just because uh, he's pulling rank to do so rather than listening to Julia's actual plan, hmm. that does not look good for him. Yeah, nobody appears to be listening to Julia. I I don't understand like, why Madame Webb takes such a backseat role in all of these events when when really she should she should be the chosen one. She knows what to do. She can lead the charge. I don't I don't really get it. It's very strange. I think because she already maintains the web of life and destiny. I think to add chosen one status on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right. That's going to be her working another job because like, she's a mom also. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely one of the more qualified spiders. And I, and I do think it's a very gendered decision to not have her have a bigger like role, you know. Is this just your dig at Dan Slot of uh, his inability to write women other than Anna Maria Marconi? Yeah, no, it is. I'd, uh, he, he does appear to be meaningfully trying to do stuff with Cindy Moon, but a bit of a letdown. Yeah, so I guess that's why when I brought it up earlier that <laughs> elated when Gwen65 allegedly killed Pete. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I just thought it was funny. Like, I, th- I think it's fu- like because I spend all of my time complaining about Peter Parker and saying that Spider-Gwen should get 
you know, more comics that Spider-Gwen waltzes into Peter Parker's comic and, and, and stabs him. It is quite funny. Um, yeah, that's something to think about. Well, to have your favorite character kill your least favorite character. Brill. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I think, uh, well, I guess it's uh, pretty accurate to say that, you know, just like how Gwen was the breakout star of the uh, last volume of Edge of Spider-Verse, I think for this volume, uh, Felicia was the breakout star. I don't know. I think they want wanted her to be, but they can never really know. Like I, I haven't seen many people talking about Night Spider as much. No. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think she'll get a comic. Yeah, I think she'll just be like supporting just for this issue, and then maybe pop up here and there when they want to travel the multiverse. Uh, assuming that it's not really that the end of the Spider Verse, they're just calling it that. Yeah. But I could see people cosplaying as her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think she's got a cool design. And I think she's a cool concept. But I don't think she's grabbed readers in the way that Spider-Gwen did. Like, sometimes yeah. I think a lot of the time these ideas are very much like, what if um, they don't have... Like, the Spider-Gwen comic was really unique because it really felt like they were earnestly trying to do a really sort of unique take on spider-gwen she felt like a really like separate character to the one that we knew and the universe around her felt very different and they were introducing a sort of uh ways like compelling ways for her to develop and then yeah felicia here she's just a what if black cat got spider power she's practically um same character different costume different power set that's how it feels and I, I, the Spider-Gwen comics felt really ambitious. They felt like they did as much as they could in the pages that they had. And they squashed as much like subtext as they could in there. And it gave it a really rich feeling. Um, and, and I don't think that that isn't possible with Felicia Hardy and a spider-powered concept. I just I don't think they went for it, you know? But now for context, Felicia 194 here. Because, yeah, she's from Earth 194. Yeah, her story is that she's still a cat burglar, but she got bitten by a spider idol slash tarantula statue that she was going to steal. And then she got spider powers from that bite. And then she just decided to use her powers to pull more heists and then eventually turned herself in to her best friend, who is actually Jean the Wolf, because she was bored. Yeah, that's, that is elaborate. Yeah. Yeah, because she thought that um, what's the point of going on these heists if uh, the spider powers just makes it too easy for her? Yeah, that's yeah, uh, that's an interesting approach. That's for sure. I still kind of found it funny that her best friend's a cop. Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, yeah, choices were made. Choices were made. Oh, but then you know Anya sprung her out and then just left Jean hanging there. Yeah, I guess we'll never really find out then. It's a weird one. Yeah, because her story actually ended with the wolf wondering what to write up in the police report. Yeah. But at least, you know, this was advertised as the heist issue, and she was pretty much useful here. Yeah. Even though um, it the heist pretty... uh, It was practically an Indiana Jones uh plot. I had that feeling, and I think it was a little bit dicey, uh, raiding ancient like mesoamerican temples it felt in bad taste and i think 
also like the idea of this like ancient aliens conspiracy of uh, a spider society that is responsible for these artifacts being hidden in multiple different non-white cultures. I don't think it was very necessary to include that bit of detail. Um, I don't think we should be doing like Tomb Raider stuff, you know? Like, I don't think we should be looting temples of... You know, I, it, it feels in bad taste. I, I don't... It didn't need to be in here. It felt very... Like, they could have done this differently, I feel... Because it seems like um, what they hear is a, sounds fun, where do I sign up? Yeah, yeah. But at least, you know, Felicia's expertise is needed here because like she knows, like, not to swipe the golden spinner right away. Like, uh, she knew that she has to place an object of equal weight on the booby trap. Yeah, they, they I mean, they successfully figure it out, and they do it without dying, uh, even if the booby traps do activate. Um, it was just the, the, the Shathra. Uh, horde got to them before they could get out. It seems like uh, Felicia here, she's still practically the same as Felicia 616, but without the flirting. Yeah. No, it's felt like that. Yeah, the only black cat content uh, right now is all of these minis that Jed McKay keeps throwing out. And yeah, most recently, he's doing Dark Web tie-in Mary Jane and Black Cat five-issue miniseries. Yeah, Jed McKay has been steadily writing Black Cat comics for a few years now. Yeah, I'm enjoying them. Because yeah, it seems like uh, Felicia is his baby the same way that uh, Andy Benton scream is Clay McLeod Chapman's baby. Yeah, I said they're actually letting Jed McKay do these comics, which has been nice. I think it's due to the fact that if it wasn't for his last run being canned, all of this new stuff he's doing are supposed to be arcs uh, for his ongoing. Just like how Iron Cat was actually supposed to be the next arc right before it was canned. And then they just let him do it as a mini. Yeah, no, and I think it, I think it has worked out like... um. Yeah, no, I, I, ho- I hope he does stuff with them as well. Like, I hope he really tries to sort of take them to a new place. It's interesting, because uh, he's also given Mary Jane superpowers over in that comic. Yeah, her superpowers uh, come from this uh, bracelet that she got through unknown means. And just think, um, she's practically got a bootleg Omnitrix from Ben 10. It does have that vibe, doesn't it? Yeah, because she activates it. Like It's like playing slots for her. The results... Whether if it's a good one or a bad one, it's going to give her powers that correspond to that result. Yeah. So when she got a bad one in the uh, first issue, she turned into a pudding person. Yeah. This is, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a fun, I think it's a fun little gimmick. Yeah, she was able to utilize her pudding form, but I don't think, like, being pudding is appealing to her. No, um, I, I don't, no. It's not not ideal in a fight. Not unless if you're surrounded by other pudding. Yeah, I guess not. Unless you were fighting a pudding monster. (laughs) But now just think uh, Goop from Ben 10 Alien Force. Yeah. But anyway, like, yeah, I'm just hoping that that she and Black Cat, they just hook up at the end of the mini, thinking that they don't need Peter. That would be, um... I think I think that would be a good direction to take them, like because Mary Jane definitely can't get with Pete as long as Zeb Wells is writing them. So yeah, because you know she's got a new boy toy right now, some guy named Paul. Yeah, there's always a Paul, you know, casting a Paul. Am I right? <laughs>
uh, like who she allegedly has children with, which uh, I'm not even sure if those are actually her real children or maybe if they're just clones or something. How has she had kids with him already? How has that already happened? I'm just guessing maybe they're not her kids in the biological sense. They're probably just Paul's kids, even though uh, the daughter looks suspiciously like MJ because she's a redhead too. Mm. And the kids just see her as a mother figure. Yeah. But my crazy ass brain is just thinking clones. I think maybe they're his kids and he's like brought, I don't know. I need to read it, frankly. But in the March's issues of ASM, we're going to see what happened six months ago that Peter and MJ have separated. Yeah. Yeah, what happened those missing six months in Beyond and the start of the new run. They did, um, and there's this like big explosion that Peter's like sat in the middle of in a lot of the yeah. marketing they did for the start of this run that they then don't really acknowledge. Yeah, we don't know the context behind that explosion. No. All we know is just it's something that Peter did and then it just uh, put him on bad terms with his friends. Yeah, it's it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Who knows, maybe uh, Paul's going to eat the children. Oh my god, what? No, that's just the joke that I heard everyone make about Paul and the kids just because of uh, Zeb Wells' past of making characters eat children. Right, okay, yeah, sorry, I hear it now. Oh, like in, in the Lizard comic. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that was a deep cut. That one. That one really. That one threw me. I'm not gonna lie. That one. Uh, yeah. Um. Well, even in um ASM 15, one of the uh, dark web tie-ins, uh, when all of New York, when even when inanimate objects were being turned into demons, there was a stroller that turned into a demon, and the baby was in it. Oh God. The baby didn't get eaten. Well, I mean, let's hope not. But it kind of seems like that Wells' behavior is rubbing off of Dan's lot. Remember when he had Spider-Man eat the babies? Yeah, he did, didn't he? What's in Spider-Man comics and eating people? What's going on? What's going on, people? Who are we supposed to be talking about again? Felicia? Something like that. But anyway, yeah, there's not much to say for Felicia around here since uh, she hasn't made that much of an impact other than to help Peter and Anya steal. But, oh, but... No, this is a really good segue into Anya. Yeah, who who has a lot to do. Um, yeah, no, she's um, she's not had much of an arc, but it's been interesting. Yeah, because it's been mentioned that ever since rejoining the Spider Army, Anya's been brushing up on portal magic. Yeah, she's got a new look, and I'm enjoying that. Have they have they done a comic where she's like, "Hi, I'm Aranya," and sort of like explained it well? No, it's just during her uh, Edge of Spider-Verse number one issue, she discovered that her old powers were coming back. So she decided to uh, retake the Aranya name again. All right, I see. And the usual black costume that we see got torn up. So that's why she's in this new costume. I like the look. I like the hood. I think it's good. Oh, remember, kids love hoodies. Yeah. And she's also, you know, um, making use of her... Because she calls herself a nerd when she's educating Peter and Felicia about the history of Neef. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, yeah, it's interesting hearing her talk about it. But no, yeah, no, I no, I think this is because of her ties to being in the Spider Society previously. Because you know the Spider Society worshipped uh, Neef. Yes. Well, they actually worshipped the Great Weaver, but it's unknown if the Great Weaver and Neef are one and the same. Okay. 
Yeah, that w- it would line up with that Edge of Spider-Verse issue um, that they did. And plus the Edge issue mentions that she's been recently ad- admitted into Empire State University. So, like, yeah, what is it with the Spider family and Empire State University? Uh, it's, they're all they're all they're all nepotism babies at this point, aren't they? Um, they're all they're all they're all getting in because they're all, they all know each other. It's it's terrible, really. Well, Miles isn't even in yet. He's only contemplating about it. He's only on a college tour right now, deciding yeah. which one to go to. Yeah. But then it's like, hey, we can all hang out together because you know, Peter's teaching there and then Gwen's attending and so is Anya. There's a really good like ESU-censored spider family comic yeah. that they're just refusing to do uh, that I would enjoy. Um, and that, it just hit me, if Miles gets admitted into ESU, it's just like the Marvel Spider-Man cartoon all over again where the four of them are attending the same school. Well, Peter's teaching at the school, but you know what I mean. Right, right. But anyway, like, speaking of Miles... Yeah, he's uh, he got fully shathrified. Well, he got very close to being fully shathrified. Yeah, he can resist. Yeah, uh, so because he's half 616, half Ultimate Universe, right, he's able cause he, he's, he's able to be infected on account of being from the Ultimate Universe, but he's able to resist it for a bit. So um, it's yeah. a very, very, very strange take on it. Um, inexplicably, everybody wants to kill him as soon as it happens. Well, Moreland started it. Morland did, but then everybody agrees. Everybody's like, "Yeah, we got, we got to kill this guy." <laughs> yeah. Like even someone as uh, gentle as Sun Spider was like, "Yeah, we should kill him." Yeah, Sun Spider was getting in there. Spinstress was going. Everybody was gunning for for him, and I was like, "Goodness me, this is too much, folks." I I don't know. I don't know what possessed them because they don't have the excuse to being shatterified. But like, literally, he's like he's like halfway through turning into like this monster, and he's like, "Hold, folks, what's going on?" I don't know. I felt bad for him. I really did. And then he just venom blasted everyone just to get them to back off. Yeah, in the end, he goes willingly. Like he's like, "Portal me in. I'll go in for a good fight." Craven Hunter, um, Spider goes with him, um, to, I'd presume, go hunt. Um, but yeah, interesting choices being made. Um, yeah. And the and since Morlin was the one who started the whole debacle in the first place, and now like. When he comes to the epiphany that he just needs to stab Shatter with the dagger and then everything will be undone. He wants to go play hero. Yeah. Yeah, that is the... He's very convinced that if he takes the most violent approach that that will be what works. I think he just wants to take credit for saving the Spider-Verse. Maybe. I think he he sees there's a lot in it for him. You know? Yeah. It's one of those situations. Because with the revelation that he uh, consumed enough totems that he's now considered a spider, it's I'm just thinking in my head that uh, the rest of the spider army, like what they're all really thinking is maybe they're like one of us, one of us. Yeah, but he's not. He's not that, is he? He's um... he's technically yeah, according to Shatter standards. Yeah, but like he still wants to eat them. Which isn't typical of the spiders and stuff. No, um, but um, but he's also got a target on his back too because of inheritor biology eating spider standards consuming enough that he's considered a spider just like what Karn did. Right. Yeah. And then uh, 
Yeah, we also talked a little bit about like the main players of the Spider Army, but like I think the focus on this issue is about Spinstress because, like, even when she turned evil, she could still sing. When she turns, I thought that was the funniest one. That is the most interesting thing they've done with the turning evil thing because it's the first time like they go, they seriously go, what happens if we turn a character evil? Because they make her act like herself, but she's evil. And it was it was funny um, because, of course, she's a funny character. And everyone noted that she started singing in a minor key, which is what super villains sing in, like in super villain musicals. Yeah, the switch to villain show tunes was really fun, and and the design as well was interesting, right? Yeah. Because she's the first time we've seen somebody turn who doesn't have a mask covering their whole face, her like neck and like most of her face is exposed. So we saw like her waspiness it, it was it was an interesting design she has like this really big hair i enjoyed it i even noticed that um they changed the colored parts of her dress because in her normal form it used to be blue but when she got turned the blue turned into red yeah so uh, yeah her dress magically changed color yeah no i, I think it um it yeah like it doesn't make sense because it, uh, it changes the clothing right like changes their eye lenses changes their masks and stuff like it doesn't it changes their big logo i've 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 realized that if i try and make sense of it in my head it doesn't but uh yeah no i thought it was um and yeah and when she was first introduced yeah there was a video that was shared fr- by dan slot about uh one of the actresses from come from away she's singing spintress's songs that's good. I like that. So we just need another video of that same voice actress slash singer uh, voicing Spintress when she turns. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Disney princess spider hero is, is such a fun concept. And it's the one they've had the most fun writing. You can tell the writers really enjoy using her. Um, that's the one of the first times that it hasn't sucked as much to have them turn <laughs> evil. Because they, they, they're they still doing something fun with the character. Um but yeah, you and, read yeah. Spintress's full story, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, no, and that was one of the that was one of the better ones as well. I yeah, no, I, I was well impressed. Because yeah, I felt like um, her. I think it was yeah number four. That was like the most outlandish issue that was written in Edge. Yeah, and it, not just Spintress uh, of being outlandish because there was you know Spider Mobile. Um, I forgot the others. Mm. There's quite there's quite a few. Oh yeah, Spider Ham. Mm. But yeah, issue number four of uh, Edge, yeah, really outlandish, mostly because of uh, Spinstress and uh, you know those shameless Disney princess reference. How, um, and even the designs too, because you know, like she- making a deal with the fairy godmother. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it all sort of it all came together really well. I think. And Mysterio is her mom. Yes. The Bishop Octopus as her underling. Yeah, it was a really well done little universe, that one, I think. Yeah. Lastly, um, I think, yeah, Shotter's only shown a few times here. She's just shown commanding uh, her uh, swarm to, well, it was called the Hive at first, but now that she's releasing them to go wreak havoc, she's re- renaming it into the swarm. Yes. No, I, 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 li- I appreciated that label. I think it worked better. So it's like, what, if they stay put, they're the hive, but when they go out into action, they're the swarm? Yeah, yeah, and I think that checks out. And I think, yeah. Um, I do find, 
when doing the synopsis right and is having to sort of explain it like it's, it's weird that there isn't really a proper name for the individual like we're calling them spider wasps or shathrified spiders or whatever but there isn't a good name for what they have become because they're not spider totems anymore there's something different and I, and I think it's it's odd that they haven't put that name to page yet if there is one i think uh, we should probably stick with uh the swarm because uh usually when i think of the hive i think of the symbiote hive there is that one. There's a couple of hives, I'm sure, already in sci-fi, and I think swarm is maybe a yeah. It's a little bit yeah, but it's, you know, it's the swarm, not just swarm. Yeah, because yeah, there's no involvement of Nazi bees here. Yeah, swarm works. Swarm works. I agree. Yeah, because you don't want to run into like a. Would you rather run into a hive of wasps that just stand there, or do you want to run into a swarm of wasps? So yeah, that would make sense as well. Yeah, because because you're less likely to run into a hive as so much. Yeah, but um, they did tease at the end, uh, almost at the end of the issue that there's one more thing that they haven't told the rest of the army, and then Julia. Uh, tells Zarina to shut up because Shatter can hear them. Yeah, it's good. I think it's interesting the fact that they haven't revealed what it is, and I hope it's more than just like I, I didn't like how King and Black kind of resolved itself by saying that like it was just the Silver Surfer and the Enigma Force at the same time. Like I just thought that wasn't very inspired. Do you mean that the God of Light is the Enigma Force? Yeah, I didn't enjoy that as a, as like a reveal. Like in the end, it was just. Eddie gets a couple of power ups, and I don't. I don't want that for this. I don't want Pete just to get a power up, because because they do it in, in Spider Geddon as well. Like they do the thing where they, oh look, got the Enigma Force. Like it's two different events where the Enigma Force comes in in like the fourth issue to save the day in the fifth, <laughs> and I I think they need to avoid doing that uh, anymore. But yeah, I think the Enigma Force only comes once a year when there's a world-ending threat. Right, of course. And then it just leaves to go find the next host that might face a world-ending threat. Yeah, but I, I just I don't like it as a I don't like it as a thing. Like it's not fun. It's 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 a bit like like in these situations, right? If you have big world threats, what happens is the world finds like collective solutions to fix that threat. But in 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 the Marvel universe, that doesn't happen. It's like everybody sits around on their hands waiting for something to swoop in and like just flick its fingers and be really really cool and powerful and and it's just one person who's really really powerful who does all of the work even if there are other powerful people around and just it's just not very fun like it's not it's not very fun right like and um i hope i hope they don't do that here i hope i hope that the solution comes from the spider-verse working together maybe it's probably gonna be uh from like this new this new old i don't know this new old person that we're gonna well, the old being in brackets anyway, person that we're going to meet in the next few issues. Yeah, because obviously they're hinting at somebody else. They're hinting at something more. So that's going to be really interesting, hopefully. Because every Spider-Verse event so far, like there's always uh, the other, the Bride, and the Scion. But what all three of them have in common is that like, the Bride is only in it because the other and the Scion sat out of Spider-Geddon. And... They're not present here. Yeah, yeah, they're not, and and I think there's, I I I hope that uh, I don't know. I hope they avoid doing the chosen one narrative. I really do. I I hope they recognize it's rubbish. Yeah. Um. Well, Anya certainly thinks so. I think Anya's just kind of annoyed with it. It's just kind of sick with it. Uh, sick of it rather. Um, yeah. I I don't I don't know if she doesn't believe in it. Um. 
No, I wasn't super inspired by any of that really. I, it's also interesting. The most, the like the biggest like chosen one story in pop culture from the past twenty years, Anakin Skywalker is a deconstructionist one. Like he's revealed not to be the chosen one in the end. Like it's like, and and that they like shouldn't have put that much faith and power in him. Like like chosen one stories are very played out by the nature, and I feel like this arc feels aware of that. So if it doesn't subvert it in any way, I think it'd be a really big shame. You know, it's just. So what are they doing at this point? Um, yeah, I personally believe that uh, Chosen Ones, I think they're only there just because they want someone to look up to. But uh, yeah, it's really nothing more than uh, just choosing a designated person to look up to. Yeah. But anyway, uh, like, yeah, is this... Uh, yeah, is this the end of our discussion for number three? I I think so. I feel like we've spoken about what we can for now. We're we're going to be in a weird midpoint for like the next couple of issues, I think, where like we sort of know where we've been, but we don't really know where we're going. So yeah, um, yeah, because yeah, number four is going to be releasing actually in a uh, couple of weeks, January fourth. Nice, it's exciting stuff. And its solicit is the end of Spider Verse rages on. Yes, that really happened last issue. The tremors will be felt until it all ends. That's truly all we can say until you read number three. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. And then that next issue, like it just so happens to have that variant that uh, turned you off, that Tony S. Daniel variant. Oh yeah, no, it's not very good. There is a Tony S. Daniel variant of Miles and Gwen on like a date, which is not good. It's bad. Um, and it shouldn't have been made, but yeah, is what it is. Yeah, but um, I think yeah. Before we end, yeah, we got a couple of comments here. Yes, uh, we did. Um, this is from at n curel on yeah. Twitter, who uh, we've actually heard from before. Yeah, um, uh, has replied to uh some of our other tweets. Um, so uh, he's written uh, no good spent the majority of the issue telling me how hopeless it is for people like Jess who is stabbed by the MacGuffin, then tells me there is a second MacGuffin, they go for it, it's destroyed, then they stab 616 Pete with MacGuffin 1, thus stripping any actual sense of stakes. Uh, don't repeatedly tell me characters are gone forever and then pretend to kill off Pete in the same way in what is ostensibly a side book it undermines your own stakes. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, um, I felt like I mean, that was I, directed towards Dan Slot. It is, and I agree with her comment here. Uh, I think it's it's yeah. This is this is true. It's MacGuffin. It's a lot of MacGuffins. Like just just yeah, and and um, so some of them are, some of them aren't even good MacGuffins. Some of them are just yeah. Like I don't I don't know. It doesn't feel very inspired. They don't have names. Like the dagger doesn't have names. Like for the uh, for this person to even call call the dagger it's just a macguffin it's just a dagger but the second one is called the golden spinner it was called the golden spinner until it was headbutted um into into oblivion so yeah i don't know like i just um hoping for a bit more from uh from those but yeah it's it's uh yeah clearly they're going to bring these two characters back they're clearly gonna, they're not going to keep jess and pete dead if they show that there's a third macguffin and it's it's a spider egg let's just call it the egg macguffin just a little mcdonald's joke right there yeah but uh, we did get a more uh, um, a positive uh, comment here for our next one. And it's actually our very first fan mail that we got from our Gmail. Yes, this is the first person to actually email ghostspidergroupies at gmail.com. Um, so they, they, they get their title. They get, they get the title of that, um, which is, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. 
So yet yeah, this email is from uh, Dan Connors and he says, just wanted to say, I grabbed the Spider-Gwen omnibus over the summer and have been running to catch up since. I truly appreciate the reading order you posted on Reddit. It was a tremendous help. My Gwenverse trade arrived this week and I'm thrilled to start this book by listening along with you. My first listen to the pod was number 33, and I truly appreciated the kindred explanations. I've never gotten deep into Spider-Man before. Thank you for also reminding me that it's okay not to like something in a book. Anyway, I want to thank you for the tremendous work you have put into the show. I hope to be caught up soon so I can start listening as soon as the pod downloads. Wish me luck, smiley face, Dan Connors. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad we can help. We really like the goal of this is to make like like in depth comic reading a bit more accessible. Like we wanted to provide like a resource and and way for people to sort of understand and read Spider Gwen comics. And yeah, no, I've, I'm I'm glad that we've been able to do that for you because because hopefully paired with like a good reading list and. Which you need to update, um, by the way. Which I need to update. I need to update a lot of the resources. Really, I I have moderate statuses in Odd Spider Gwen. I really need to go in on there and just sort of do a bunch of different things. But but yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm I'm glad we could do that. And um, I'm just gonna say, interesting choice to start at Last Remains Part Three. Yeah, goodness me. Yeah, what a, what a place to start. Yeah, it's um. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know how our oldest episodes sound. But yeah, definitely, uh, it's this is one of those ones you maybe want to start at the beginning for. But yeah, uh, no, glad we could help. Glad we could help. Yeah, also agreeing that yeah, it is okay not to like something because you know we complain about stuff all the time. Like just earlier today, you know, we were complaining about Greg Land. It's definitely okay to complain about Last Remains and Greg Land. It's it's always correct. It's always correct. But at least, you know, uh, we did Last Remains. It's just like ripping the band-aid because, you know, earlier in the year, remember how you were relieved that Gwenverse was initially going to come out in February until it got pushed to March because that meant we wouldn't have to do Last Remains. And then we ended up having to do it anyway. Yeah, it's um not not great. Yeah. But um, hey, it's done. It's out of the way. We don't have to revisit Last Remains again. No, we don't. We don't. We don't ever have to do that again. I'm never going to think about it again. Yeah. Um, except when we do think about it. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Is this the end? I think this is the end. Yeah. I think we're. I think we're all done for today. So yeah, in the next episode, we're going to be reading Spider-Man number four, which is, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, releasing January 4th. So yeah, that's actually going to be in a few weeks for now. So yeah, as always, you know, we're going to put links in the description of what to buy and where to read it. And uh, if you wanted to send us any questions or thoughts, you can tweet us on Twitter at GS Groupies. Like, well, Twitter's still up. Like, yeah, it's still afloat. <laughs> Yeah, it is still online. It's it's not gone yet. Also, if you want to be heard just like Dan here, you can email us at ghostspidergroupies at gmail.com. And we also have a Kofi page if you want to chuck in a few bucks to help us with the upkeep of the uh, podcast. Much appreciated. Absolutely. Yes, please. Anyway, thanks, everyone. I've been Abigail. And I've been Pax. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Happy Yuletide. Yeah.